Hello and welcome to the On The Knob pod, brought to you by otnsports.co.uk. Make sure you check out otnsports.co.uk for all the best betting tips. I'm your host, Will Rooney, and today we are changing our attention from the jump season to the international scene. We're going to be looking at two of the biggest days racing in the international calendar. Of course, we've got the Melbourne Cup coming up and the Breeders' Cup meeting and I'm delighted to say that we are joined by Sky Sports Racing pundit Tim Carroll. Tim, thanks very much for joining us. Oh, not a problem, lads. My pleasure. Good to be here. Tim, can I just ask you, um, you've obviously been through the scenario of lockdowns and shutdowns and not having any racing and being away from home. How's it been for you from a racing perspective being over here? Yeah, oh, look, I, I, I haven't minded. I've, I've sat at home and, and had a few beers, actually. I've got one in front of me now, so I'm, I might be hitting the gym over the next six months or so. But, yeah, look, it's a little bit tough because I normally get home. Uh, I, I normally go back to Australia once a year for a holiday and I normally go down for the championships and do a bit of work for Sky. So kind of miss the family and friends back home. But, hey, it, it, it is what it is. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have got it far tougher than I have. Can I ask you a question? We all can't stand the Tories on this podcast if there's any Tories <laughs> and then turn off now. But how do you make of how the UK have handled COVID restrictions to Australia? Because obviously Australia have been quite stringent, haven't they, over there? Yeah, look, uh, to be honest, I actually swing votes. So I, I can appreciate half of what you're saying there. And I think the current mob are pretty useless, but we won't go there. Um, I think at first it was absolute shit. Oh, excuse me, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, of course. I apologise if I'm not. Apologies. I, I think they were really bad. Um, Vaccination-wise, I think they've been very good, to be fair. Um, they got it right. Where it's, it's kind of been the opposite in Australia. They were very good to start with. Uh, they did their lockdowns. They're very strict over there. They're still being very strict. I'm not exactly sure what happened with the vaccination process because they were going to be one of the first to vaccinate. They didn't work out. I don't know whether they got the wrong batch or whatever it was. And, and, and subsequently, I think a lot of them are only just coming out of lockdowns that we were doing sort of six, eight months ago now. So it, it's kind of been the complete opposite over there to what it has been here. Really good start, bad finish. And the three that are joining us today, Tim, are three regular guests. We've got Henry Gibbs, Paul Ma, and then across from the Irish Sea, is uh, is Darren? Darren, I believe that um, this was the the podcast last year with Tim that enticed you into us, and I bet you a year on you're thinking, why the hell did I start listening to these idiots? <laughs> look absolute bollocks. Yeah, few, few drinks on you. Say well done, lads. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I, I'm. Uh, uh, I love the, the Melbourne Cup for me is and Cheltenham are uh, nearly the same in excitement terms. Uh, I love the Melbourne Cup. Um, I made it down and 20, for Rekindling's uh, year. I was there and uh, lucky enough to have have uh, backed them anti post at a, a few big prices and uh, they made for a great trip. Yeah, I'm uh, absolutely buzzing for next Tuesday morning. Paul, I'll come to you next. Um, we've just done about four pints together there and uh, a little bar by ours, but um, you're very enthused for the racing that's coming up because this is your tail end, isn't it? For a few months in the winter where you can't stand the jumps at all, this is your it almost culminates, doesn't it? For, for you to um, to enjoy the racing and then and then go into hibernation. Oh, yeah, this is me. Well, what's the me, me last two rod until May Dance starts in March. Uh, so I've got me Hong Kong action to keep me going. There's a couple of great ones over on the Sundays, but. 
Yeah, this is it. I, I, I'll start to hibernate now. So obviously, I'll, I'll still back Cheltenham. I'll have a go on the jumps, but it uh, doesn't get me juices flowing like these. Uh, like especially the breeze. I think it's just a razzmatazz. You know, America they do everything. You know, the fire and all that carry on. So it suffers me in a little bit. So yeah, it's uh, always the highlight for me. Uh, have to see it. I prefer. I actually prefer this one to like Royal Ascot York. It's it's. Uh, it's always the one that I'm pumped for the most of the breeders. And then, say, you have the Melbourne Cup as the entree on the Tuesday. And then that takes us then to the Friday. So it's uh, one of my favourite weeks of the year, for sure. And Henry, two uh, two flyers racing up the Mel and Ray Payers Club will get your juices flowing. So um, how's the Breeders' Cup compared to other meetings for you? Yeah, I, love, I, love, I do love the Breeders' Cup. I think anyone who loves horse racing, you've got to, You've got to you've got to love the spectacle that is the Breeders' Cup. I think um, over this side of this year in the UK, I think time and I, I love settling in, having a nice time, having a nice quiet few drinks and and just enjoying the action. Really, it's a nice. Obviously, it's night time over here, isn't it? So um, we can have a few pints and and, and enjoy it. Mm. So yeah, that Breeders' Cup certainly up there for me. Completely agree with you. It's, uh, it's just spitting with everything. Before the Breeders' Cup, we've got the uh, the race that stops the nation, which is the Melbourne Cup. And, and Tim, obviously, you being an, an Aussie nation, I'll come to you because there's been a lot of, I don't want to say controversy, but a lot of talk about the Melbourne Cup. The, the, some people are saying red tape and the hoops that people have, have got to run, have got to jump over to, to run in the Melbourne Cup this year. There's been a lot of changes. Tim, for you, with with the changes that are being made, as as a native, what do you make of what what has happened over in Australia to for foreign runners to to enter the race? Yeah, look, I think it's very tough. I, I I think the majority of Australians actually welcome the internationals. If you have a look at the Caulfield Cup, there was a lot of talk on social media where they were saying, "Well, wonderful performance from the winner, but it would have been nice to have a few few more internationals here to to really test him because he's obviously a good horse." Um, my take on it is what, what you guys have got to understand, and this is what I've tried to explain to people over here, and there's been a lot said on social media, there's been a lot said um, also in the general media. Um, I think my, my take on it is I don't like the radioactive dye MRI scan. I can see why people are a, a bit upset about that because it is quite intrusive. I'm, I'm a horseman myself, so I get that. Um, mm. I've seen it in action and will put a horse off its feet and you know, you'll have to leave the horse alone for a few days. But I think people need to understand over here that we have had international runners in the last seven years, the ratio of fatalities is 1 in 16. That's 1.5 horses per race if you were to run 24 horses. The impact that that's had down there is, and I've been over here for 17 years, has been horrendous as far as the anti-racing people go. Now, Australia, like over here, you're going to get that small group that are anti-racing, but because of these fatalities, all of a sudden that has got a massive platform where you've got well-known politicians. I'm not talking about those sort of politicians that don't get a haircut for 10 years or something. I'm talking politicians from leading parties. Um Sports people, celebrities have jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, Taylor Swift, actually, who's probably one of the biggest female stars in the world, was booked to go down there and perform, and there was a big anti-thing sort of uh, thing against Taylor on, on social media, and she didn't end up going down. That's how bad it's become. I don't think people over here that have made a lot of comment realise the pressure the VRC are under. My take on it is very simple. I'm not sure if the VRC have taken the right measures. Um, I don't even think they know. 
but something had to happen because it had just become ridiculous. You're talking about a jurisdiction that has a fatality rate in, uh, it is one in over 2,000. It's about 2,000, one in every 2,200 or something. All of a sudden, their main race is having a, a fatality rate of internationals of one in 16. The one thing I won't cop, and you've probably seen me do one or two other things on media recently, is people saying it's to stop the internationals coming down, to stop the winners. That's a load of baloney. What a, I mean, it, it annoys me so much when people say that. The VRC spent literally tens of millions to turn it into an international race, and now they're reaping the dividend because of that. They've made a lot of money doing that. Mm. If you really wanted to stop the internationals, if that's all it was about or even mostly about, how many winning your in-races are there outside of Victoria? Absolutely none. You could have the Sydney Cup, Adelaide Cup, Perth Cup. You could have races in New Zealand. You can make them win in your end. And that way you're going to ensure that you've got 12, 14, 16 local runners. You do not need to go through that process. And I, I made this point as well. There's a, a bloke down there by the name of Vin Cox, a very respected horseman. He basically made the Magic Millions what it is now, one of the most successful sales anywhere in the world. Vince is the general manager of Godolphin in Australia, which makes him the, the highest person up the food chain in Godolphin in the Southern Hemisphere. He was on the steering committee that made these recommendations. Now, do you think the general manager of Godolphin in the Southern Hemisphere is going to sign off on measures that are going to make it more difficult for his boss to bring horses down there simply because he's a bit jealous about a few European winners? I mean, the whole thing is just... Ridiculous. As far as the measures go, like I said, I think some of them are absolutely right and I think they had to happen. Uh, there's one or two that don't sit well with me. What would your solution be, Tim? Because if the shoe was on the other foot and we had all these Australian raiders coming over to, say, Royal Ascot, there wouldn't be the same the same force kicked up, would there? I think there would if you were losing one in 16 internationals at Royal Ascot. Can you imagine Australian horses dropping dead in front of the Queen every year? Sure. I, think, I, think, I think there would be a big uproar. Again, I've got to, I've, I can't emphasise enough what impact it's had down there. I think it is protectionism, but I think it's protectionism of the race against the anti-racing people, not Europeans going down there. The other thing is, too, a lot of people have said the trainers down there have had a whinge and that. Look, I, I know a lot of trainers down there. Sure, there's one or two that sort of say, you know, I'm sick of these bloody Europeans coming down and taking all these big pots. We're not a staying nation. There's a lot of pots down there, all right? Most of them are actually in, in sprinting mile races. There is something like 3,600, 3,700 registered trainers in Australia. And I reckon I can count on one hand those that have come out and had a winch. And the majority of those that have a winch aren't the people getting horses into the race. And the people that are getting horses into the race, the Chris Waddles, the Freemans, the Waterhouses and that, they've been buying European horses or getting European horses for years. Why are they mm-hmm. about to slag off the supply line? Now, I mean, most of them have got a dozen ex-Europeans sitting in their yard ready to go. Um, as far as the solution goes, look, I, I, I don't know the solution. I just know something had to happen. I think what they've done is absolutely right, except for maybe the MRI scan. I think that that's probably taken it a step too far. And people like Charlie Fellows and Nathan O'Brien, well, if they haven't said as much, they've certainly alluded to it. But just one thing, guys, let's not forget, stay the rest. He's just won the Cox Plate last weekend, so it can be done. So, Tim, we, we hear about all these horses, you know, they're not staying in Australia in the UK. They're getting moved to Australia. You know, big fees are paid for 9,900 races horses. Do you think it's a bit poor on Australian races behalf that they're happy to lap up 
UK horses coming over and being bought, but I'm not happy to for the UK horses to come over and, and essentially come and take the race. Yep, yep, I, I couldn't agree more. I think what, what if you look at the Cox Plate now, and I, I think to be fair, I think State of Rest, and I said this after he won in America, I think, gee, I think this horse is just coming into his own. I think he might be a little bit better than his European form, which suggests, and it wouldn't surprise, I'm not about to say he's going to come here and mop up group ones, but I think he might come back and actually be quite handy. But if you go back, what, 20 years uh, twenty years back, Grand Dera went down there. Now, Grand Dera had just beaten Hawkwing in the Irish Champion Stakes. Two starts before that, he'd won the Prince of Wales. I think he had a rating that was certainly at least in the one high 20s, might have been 130-odd. He went down there, and to be fair to the horse, he, he, he ran a bell, so he finished third, and mm-hmm. behind a very good horse. But you sent in a horse down that was basically rated 130 that couldn't win a race, uh, couldn't win the race only 20 years ago. If you sent a 130 horse down there now, it'd be the threes on favour. I mean, all right, if there was a so you think or a winks there, it might not. But every other year, it'd be a threes on favour. And I don't actually, I think it's twofold here. There's just so much emphasis on speed in Australia. There's so many pots down there that everyone's getting, they're all breeding to speed stallions. You, you can barely stand a derby winner in Australia, honestly. The big stats won't take them because it's just not the demand. The other thing is, too, and I've witnessed it myself, and I, I don't know how long we've got in this podcast, but I can tell you a story about the sort of here and now kind of mentality of the Australian owners, and it's a case of some people maybe having a little bit more money than sense. I'll, I'll tell you this story very quickly if I can. A few years back, I was in Germany at the Baden-Baden meeting, there was a leading trainer there from Australia and they wanted to buy a horse and I was part of the group there. And he says, do you mind having a look at them in the paddock? It was before a big race. And I picked a horse out that I thought it'd be, they, they wanted to buy a horse for the Melbourne Cup, sorry. This is in September, so it had to be nominated, qualified, likely to get in, all this sort of thing. So we're there for this big race, picked the horse out, nice big sort, small horses don't win the Melbourne Cup, mostly because days normally aren't small. Secondly, it's, it has been a rough race in the past and small horses just get knocked around like a pinball. So I sort of spotted this horse, made a mention of it. They went for this other horse. I'm not going to say who the trainer was or who the horse was, but it won the guineas in Germany. But it was a, I mean, it wasn't tiny, but it was a small horse. It was absolutely skinny. Honestly, it would not run two miles down a well. And I said, that's not a Melbourne Cup type horse. And the trainer said to me, he said, it doesn't matter. The owner just wants a horse in the Melbourne Cup that's qualified. Now, if you've got that sort of mentality, and they had over a million Australians, so at the time I think it was about five, six hundred thousand pounds that they were prepared to spend on this horse. And I'm just looking at it thinking, so if you've got that sort of mentality, if you're prepared to go and buy a horse that's probably going to be a miler for a two-mile race in Australia, what do you think is going to happen? You know, so, and I know not every owner is doing that, but there's too much of that mentality. And what's happened is the middle distance in Australia now has gone like that. Whereas the sprinting ranks just keep getting stronger and stronger, to be fair. There might not be a black caviar down there, but believe you me, there's some very good sprinters. I mean, the last three July Cup winners to go down there have faced off against nearly 70 Australian horses and between them being six home. Mm, definitely. Well, last year, Tim, when you come on the podcast, you give us the uh, the winner of the Melbourne Cup, 26-1, I think it was. Twilight Pains. I think Paul actually uh, is still getting the ale in because normally he doesn't go to the bar, but because he backed that, he's, uh, he, he's been persistently going to the bar since Twilight Payment, 26-1. Obviously, this year we have a, a, a very short price favourite in, in incentivise, uh won the Caulfield Cup, 6-4, to 18-8, to eight, depending on what bookmaker you back. But Melbourne Cup, you know the, the hustle and bustle. Is, is that a fair price? Would you be backing at 13-8? 
No, I probably wouldn't back it at 13 to 8, to be honest. They're saying he's going to be the shortest price uh, runner in the Melbourne Cup since Farlap. And when you consider horses like Kingston Town, so you think more recently, some of the brilliant champions that have gone around in the race, um, I think he's probably a little bit too short. But if you put me up against the wall and put a gun to my head and said pick the winner of the Melbourne Cup, I'd certainly be saying incentivise. When he won the Caulfield Cup the other day, uh, time form. And, and I know the lads who do the, the ratings in Australia for time form. And believe you me, they are actually quite conservative. They don't come up with big numbers for the hell of it. And I'm pretty sure they put 128 on it. Now, I don't need to tell you boys, 128, you know, over 2,400 metres would, would put you in the mix over here in a, in a group one race. So he's obviously very good. Uh, he, he's... Probably going to go off now, the shortest price favourite since Farlap around about 90 years ago. And again, for anyone who doesn't know Farlap, that's kind of our Frankel, if you know what I mean. Like, he's the greatest horse that, that Australia slash New Zealand's ever seen. So, um, I look, would I take six to four, 13 to eight? No is my answer, but I do think that he's probably going to win the race. I think only Badlock will beat him. No, I'm sorry to be boring, but that's my mistake on it. Well, don't be bored and give us a selection outside of him. Give us a pick that you thought, do you know what? That's a big price and I'll be on him. Well, okay. I, I tell you, Twilight Payment, uh, you know, last year ran so well in the race. The race panned out how we thought it would. Now, people might say I'm just saying it because I tipped him up last year, but I don't think it's an overly strong renewal this year. There's some good horses there, but not necessarily good two-milers. Obviously, we're lacking a lot of Europeans this year. He is the wrong age and he's got the wrong weight, 58 kilos. They don't tend to carry that sort of weight to win a Melbourne Cup. And certainly I think he's eight over here and nine over there. They don't win at that age, but he's in very good form. His form hasn't dropped off. Um, I think the race will be run, it'll probably be run a little bit differently this year, but I don't think it'll be run poorly for him. I, I can't see why he can't hit the frame and he could be a cracking bet, at least for each way players. Darren, you've obviously been over to the Melbourne Cup before and had a very good time, a nice little winner. So um, tell us that anecdote about when you were over there, if anyone fancies going over in the future, and tell us your fancy for the race this year. Yeah, well, one thing I can say is I can't wait to get back to it. And if anyone is ever thinking of going, it's uh, it's definitely a, a someday out, I have to say. Uh, for me, just the crowds, uh, how well it's, I was just amazed how well the whole day is organised. Uh, you know, going for trains, you can't go to a football game over here and wait for trains that never turn up. Everything just turned up out so well for the day. Uh, had, had rekindled him back the, uh, from anti-post from a long way out in the hope that he, he may well go. It was, it was as much luck as anything else. And, uh, it, it was a great, it was a great day. Um, as for this year, it's uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, I I think it's disappointing with what's gone on with the uh, restrictions and that. Um, and I, I don't know, if, Tim, if you heard what Joseph O'Brien said uh, around yeah, State yeah. of Rest, and you know, it's that's disappointing because I was kind of thinking State of Rest winning may well like show the way, and if maybe Twilight Payment that I can get in get into the frame, uh, you know, next year might not be talking about this. Or just be concerned with some of the, the the quotes Joseph said about the horse having to be sedated three three or four times for, for the scan and that. So and and he may not have gone down if he didn't know what the horse was going to go through. So maybe that's what they need to hear in VRC, and maybe they they they'll change things around on that because it is disappointing. And uh, you know the Europeans obviously uh, make make our big part of the day now because it has become such an international um, day. Um, I can't have incentivized uh, at the the price. Uh, he could easily be 
you know, a top class horse in a handicap. But the price, uh, we haven't had the barrier draw yet. Um, but I'm 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 not as uh, worried about the barrier draws. Maybe I think the Aussies really seem to uh, have a thing about it, Tim. Um, you know, I was looking over uh, the likes of Van Manden winning from 17, Heartbreak City was second from 23. Uh, you know, Cross Counter 19, Vaughan Declare 21. You know, they all came out of car park barrier draws and, and you, got there. You do have a nice long uh, run there before you turn, down. Yeah, yeah. So it just might not be the, you know, the debate. The, the, I, when I started taking a real interest in it, I always thought, you know, mid, mid to, to low. But the more I look at it, the more I think, you know, it's still, you know, you're not kind of totally out of it. The year I went down, I was lucky enough to, to, to chat. Uh, I, I tell you what, one of the best things that the, 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 the festival was that, tell the lads, the, 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 the day before there's a parade in, in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's class, isn't it? All, all the the owners and trainers uh, all go through the the, the city, uh, basically the city centre in old sports cars with the colours of the, the the you know it's a really great it's a really good touch and you can get to talk to them as well. So I actually got to talk to one of uh, Willie Mullins' uh, lads um, and Thomas Hobson had I think got twenty four barrier twenty four that year rekindling year. And uh, he basically said, no, no chance. We're not even, you know, I think he was actually pretty, pretty much like, you know, we're going on the beer because we're not going to win a Melbourne Cup in 24. You know, I mean, in fairness, I'd say like, they were shocked. Like you guys the- need an excuse. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got sixth in the in the end, which was a yeah. great run because they did not expect that from him. But uh, yeah, uh, but back, sorry, back to incentivize. Uh, yeah, he could be. Something special, but uh, I I I don't know. I just I just can't at that price. Uh, with that with that with you know with twenty four in the field, anything can happen. Um, I do think they'll try and stretch his pace uh, or his stamina with Twilight Payments because I think with his weight, I know it's going to be tough for him to go out there and take them on. But uh, when you looked at it last year, I mean, he had a lot of horses off the bridle pretty early when you look back at the, you know, the, towards the mid to the end. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I just have a feeling Twilight Payment is, 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 is a smashing bet each way, but if you're still getting 14 to one, which it was, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's a smashing bet, um, you know, and he has good form. He's come into this, he's come, probably come into it, uh, in his good, if not better form, um, this year with the second in the ledger, uh, he won the ledger trial with Princess Zoe behind him. Uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, the, the two, four, two mile four, four long Ascot Gold Cup where he was well beaten. And I know Spanish Mission finished ahead of him, but, you know, an extra four, four, four longs, you know, can do that to any horse. Um, so I, I'm really keen on him. Um, my, this year, my, my anti-post bet, uh, who I'm delighted to say has snuck in, is Sir Lugan. I can't believe he's got in. Because I looked at it a couple of weeks ago and he was 57th in the list. And I thought, well, that's the end of that. And I'm just glad it was done on uh, on the app and not on paper because I nearly would have had Duckett's gone and all. Uh, so I'm delighted he's in. Um, you know, he's he's there with a featherweight. He's, I think he's getting £17 pound from the, the top, from Twilight Payment. And that's a serious weight now. He's to prove himself. Um, you know, I think, the, I think the ledger was the plan to get him placed for the automatic qualification for the, for the Melbourne Cup, which I think was similar to rekindling and possibly Latrobe over the years. Um, 
And but then you know, and he was quite disappointing. But afterwards, the connections reported uh, the ground was uh, officially good to soft. But the jockeys all came in. You know, if you look back uh, and said it was very sticky ground, um, and he didn't like it, and he didn't go on it. So uh, I think if we can forget, uh, if we can forget the ledger, which I was just so disappointed with because I was convinced that was his route into the into it. And I suppose uh, Glenn Boss is a book to ride him, three times cup winner, and. Uh, I'm very much more confident of having him on board than Frankie, who was on in the last couple of races on him. Uh, Nothing against Frankie, but uh, I think uh, let the Aussies lads uh, do what they know best in the Cup. Um, So, yeah, look, if he can get, you know, the only thing is, you know, he needs to to be a little bit closer um, because I just have that fear that they might just go all out with, with toilet payment after working so well last year. Um, And he could just, you know, he, he could just kind of pull them, pull a lot of them along. Uh, but he would be my 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 hopeful fancy uh, in, in it and uh, Twilight Payment. But you know what? I think if Incentivize wins, I'd be quite happy because I think we need a superstar down there and so that we can go back to the days of will they bring him over? Will he'll go and take him on and what have you. It's, you know he's trained by Peter Moody as well, who, of course, black caviar fame. And, mm. and the thing is, we, we were sort of talking off air. I mean, the sprinters down there are, are obviously very good. I don't think anyone would argue that. But mm. that the middle distance horses are dropping a little bit. And I just wonder with Peter, because he, you, you've got to remember, Peter likes a bit of banter as well. I know he upset a few mm. people up here talking <laughs> about, you know, um, and Nisham and, and Sir Michael Stout. But I just wonder if he'd be tempted to come over here because he's got that mindset sort of like a, a cricketer, I suppose, in the ashes. He loves coming over here and taking on the English and that type of thing. And I mean, if time form are right and he's a one twenty eight horse, well, you know, he, he wouldn't be out of place over here. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've got to see if he wins the Melbourne Cup first, I suppose. Yeah, but it would, you know, like I say, I won't be backing him. But if he wins, I, I'd be quite, you know, I'd be quite happy to see as well because I think it, it, it's great for uh, it's great for Australian racing as well because, as you say, with the Everest and, and all the all the sprints. Uh, you know, it's you know, but at the end of the day, it is the Melbourne Cup, and you know we want to see superstars winning there. And uh, for all the Europeans that have gone down, they haven't been superstars. I, I should I should point out, guys, while you while you stir and uh, the Aussie up here, when Val Declare won it in twenty nineteen, he was one of only two Australian bred horses in the race. Bit embarrassing for the European form, just quietly he hasn't won a race subsequently. I just thought I'd get that one in. Yeah, <laughs> how many? The thing is, Tim, how how many have won a, a race after the Melbourne Cup? It's not great, is it? The, the... Uh, yeah, it, actually, it's a very good question. I'd have to have a look because, I mean, there's, there's a lot of horses that have been beaten in it, like So You Think, um, who go on and are, are very good afterwards. But mm-hmm. it is our way down there, as you know, too. If we've got a horse that can run probably even 10 furlongs, uh, certainly 12 furlongs, we'll send them around in the Melbourne Cup because it's the big yeah. one down there. Yeah. It's a bit of a paradox because we don't breed for it and, and hence why the, the Europeans come down and they do breed for it and tend to win the race. But, yeah, I, look, I'd have to go through I'd have to go through the field, but there are plenty actually now to think about that have won the Melbourne Cup and haven't really done a lot afterwards, to be fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking likes of, well, cross-counter wasn't too bad, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure he... he, he did he win any? Uh, he, he won in Dubai, up. did he not? Did he win or run second in Dubai? He ran a good race there anyway. He, he ran cup. a number of place races. He definitely yeah. ran a number of place races because I, I know I know it took an interest in him after after obviously winning. Um, Rekindling, we know, didn't. And, you know, he, he got injured and what have you. Uh, but, yeah, I just wonder. That's just something. I haven't got the stats to, or the answer to that question. 
to, to be fair, we've crossed count a little bit, getting back to your point about um, Sir Luke, and he got him with no weight on his back. I mean, hindsight's a beautiful thing, but in hindsight, well, by gee, he was beautifully weighted. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping with Sir Luke, and that they, they just might, uh, you know, they, they, they were talking the other day about the possibility of him needing a run. That's the only thing, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's in there at a very, at a very low weight, and uh, the draw, nice draw, and he can ho- hold himself up in the first maybe five or six, I would be very happy with him. And I'm going to finish just with a real big outsider, uh, the chosen one from New Zealand. Uh, on the exchanges at the moment, you're getting anything up to 70 to one or whatever. Fourth last year, and I love a horse that places because if we look back every year, you know, there's a lot of horses who place and come back and place again. Like the Prince of Aaron has shown us that, uh, you know, so... Uh, anyone looking for a really big price that get a good run for your money, uh, he 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 could be, uh, he could be the one. He's he's only got a half a pound or half a kilo uh, more than his uh, his weight last year. Uh, as I say, he came fourth last year, and if we're if we're saying this mightn't be a strong uh, field, he may well just get in the frame again for us. Henry, I'm going to come to you next because I always fancy you on a one-off race to give me a tip and it'll come in. So uh, I'm banking on you here for me to wake up early morning, half six, seven o'clock, I think, right, I've got a bit of money in my bet and I can't there, so I'm going to come to you next. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's the most exciting selection, but I just think Spanish Mission's a bit of a scumbag each way bet in this race, to be honest. You're getting around five to one and I'm sure there's going to be extra places Um Leading up to the race on the day, things like that, you're probably going to get five, six, maybe even seven places. And for me, there's, I just can't, I know there's a few people that might knock Spanish Mission, but I just don't, I just can't see him being out the frame. Um, I don't think, I think it's being touched on by the other lads. I don't think this is the deepest renewal of the Melbourne Cup. The favourite does look pretty, pretty special, but six to four isn't for me. I'd, I'd much rather back Spanish Mission at five to one. I mean. The UK horses, it's obvious, isn't it? They they come over to Australia all the time, they they improve, but I just think they're better than the Australian horses. We know they are, they've proven it multiple times. You are talking about the stayers here. Well, (laughs) yeah, obviously the sprints is a a different story, but with the Melbourne Cup being two miles... (laughs) <laughs> Henry, when you say UK, you just mean UK. You don't mean Ireland, obviously. Yeah, yeah obviously the Irish aren't too bad either. But um, the, the, with the likes of Ian O'Brien, not to be fair, Henry, the Germans won the Melbourne Cup before the English did. I just thought I'd let you know that as well. Well, <laughs> I think the English will be winning it this year too. Let's say that. <laughs> I just think Spanish missions form this season. It, it, it's hard to know. Um, basically, since since Spanish mission went to Andrew Balls in, around August last year. Just a completely different horse. He's been really consistent. He's only had one bad run, and that was on very soft ground behind Trushan. And you look at his form this season, it's hard to knock. He's been running at high level against decent stayers, beaten by the likes of Subjectivist, obviously beating a head by Stradivarius last time out. Um, he won at York, it wasn't the deepest race, but that was over one mile six and um, two miles here at the Melbourne Cup. But he, Although it is a two-mile trip, you do need that little bit of uh, turn of foot, that change of gear. And I do think Spanish Mission's got that as well. And 
it looks like he's being kept fresh with this in mind. And I just think Andrew Bolden has had a, a quality season, hasn't he? And I, I think he can round it off with a with another big win mm. here. It's I just think five to one, just a bit of a scumbag each way bet and uh, that'll do for me. Where's he going to end up in the run, though? Because they tend to hold him up over here, and that kind of worries me a little bit. If you go back a few years ago, Yates won a, a gold cup. He went down to, to Melbourne, as it turned out. And I said to my friends down there, look, he, he's the best credentialed stayer we've ever had in the Melbourne Cup from mm. overseas. Uh, but as it turns out, as Aidan O'Brien said afterwards, he just wasn't the right sort of horse for it because he was he was sort of a relentless galloper. He didn't have that turn of foot. That's the only thing that worries me about yeah, Spanish I mean, mission a little I, bit. I think- I think Yates was just all, all stamina, wasn't wasn't he? Yeah. Really, um, but with the Spanish mission, he has got a bit of a bit of a bit of class. I think he previously back in his career, he's won over one mile four um, back in twenty nineteen, things like that. So he's definitely got a bit more speed than Yates, and I wouldn't be surprised if instructions are to obviously try and get him a bit a bit more prominence, and if he can take up a nice position, um, I'm, I'm confident he'll at least hit the frame and hopefully go very close. And Paul, finally over to you. Give us your Melbourne Cup tip. Uh, yeah, I will. I'll just make it well two brief points and then a, a quick question just before I do. Uh, just about the European, about the the, the scaring the Europeans off. Uh, the first, I, I can't, I can't get my head around why they're only allowed one run. Uh, I don't get the rationale on that one. Uh, the second one is the. They've had plenty of notice, the Europeans, to prepare. It's not as if, oh, we've lost in the Ebor in August, but we'll have a go with the Melbourne Cup instead. You know, they've been, they've been given plenty of notice to, you know, to comply with the regulations. So there's not a chance to scare the Europeans off. Just no one wants to see another, basically, what happened last with Anthony Van Dijk. And that's, that, that was my question. Was that the straw that broke the camel's back for these, like, the Anthony, with obviously juggernaut connections? It was was fair square on camera what happened it was, it was that kind of basically why why do you why, why do you force all this stuff in yeah I, th- I think you're absolutely right I think it was a straw it wasn't the only reason you've got to remember that he was one of you know I hate to say many that had sort of broken down and and gone wrong down there and I think that just the pressure that that's brought with all those you know and, and the thing is it's it's I don't it just I'm not a vet, but to me it can't be coincidence. The last horse to die in the Melbourne Cup was either Australian or New Zealand was back in the 70s. And I know one or two people yeah. would blame the ground. But that that argument annoys the hell out of me because, firstly, Australia has a lower fatality rate than England and Ireland, and that's not the jumps. I'm talking about flat. And that's not putting England and Ireland because both nations have brought their fatality rate down. They're doing well. But that's a fact. The fatality rate in Australia is lower than here. I don't know how people sort of say, yeah, but the ground's too firm for the European horses. Well, bloody hell, have you ever been to New Zealand? I've got New Zealand relatives. I've been to New Zealand many times. New Zealand is wet even when it's, whether it's complete sunshine. It's always wet. If you look at the list of the wettest countries in the world, it's about twice as high up the list as Ireland. And the, yeah. and the Kiwis have won the Melbourne Cup. I think it's been 45 bred New Zealand horses winner. Goodness knows how many trainers have won it. Group one races all around Australia. Some of the best horses we've seen in Australia have been from New Zealand. So that doesn't add up either. Um, but, yep, I think it was the uh, – I think they were worried beforehand. But given it was the until the, the, the Europeans came down and these horses started dying, we hadn't seen one since 1979, which is 40-something years. I, I, I think it was the straw that broke the, the camel's back. And, of course, he was such a – a high-profile horse, being a derby yeah. winner, being with Aidan O'Brien, he ran an absolute belter in the Caulfield Cup, with an unlucky right. second. 
And it's right in front of the camera as well. Wait, no, if it was a trailer, so just there in front of the whole, say, basically the whole world. So it's given a lot of ammunition to the those groups that sort of the, the we hate everything that's fun groups. It really has. And as I said before, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, it's not just people that are sort of maybe considered a bit out there and a little bit away from the norm. There's now a lot of prominent people in Australia. If I, if I give you an example, there's a campaign down there now called Nup to the Cup. Now, there was nothing like that when I was living in Australia. There's another one that's called F, F the Cup. They're holding luncheons now, F the Cup luncheons. That never was happening when I was down there. I mean, it was probably right up there with the ashes, the AFL grand finals, our, our proudest sporting piece. And now all of a sudden you've got a lot of prominent, well-known people that are, that are Sticking their fingers up at it. Uh, um, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Just say two absolute uh, flyers for the Melbourne Cup. It's a degree, it's not the most competitive renewal. Uh, the two uh, absolute darts I come down on was uh, it was floating artists for uh, Kira Mar and Eustace. I know they've got a, a load of darts in this one, but uh, I thought this was the standout for them. It was trained by Hannon back in the UK, so ran some nice races prior to going to us. It's coming here for Feather on its back, about seven twelve, I think it's carrying. It's been running, it's ran the longest trip, it's hit, hit the two miles back in the UK. It hasn't tackled a two mile in, in Oz, but say doing in the UK, you should get it. It's got a, it was only beaten a handful by Jay Trushan at Salisbury uh, last year, so obviously that form speaks for itself. Uh, don't get me wrong, he was nowhere near it, but four or five lines behind Trushan, I think you know what you're getting with it. Uh, I think he can run a big race, and I, can't, I think he'll be the, uh, the the pick of the Mar and Eustace bunch. Uh, Twilight Payment, as we said, I think he'll put up another bold show, but he's another year older, and he's got top weight this time, trying to look that round. So I think he'll run its race, but uh, it'd be, be hard for it to repeat. Uh, the other one to come down on was the Chris Wallace Alino. Uh, I can see that going well. Uh, it's forms being dreadful in us this season. Uh, but I, I think they've deliberately run it over one mile four, which is far too short for it. Uh, won the Sydney Cup, uh, which is obviously at the two mile trip. Uh, it's a big field, so he'll be okay in that field. He hasn't been, a, well, again, another one back in the UK, but he was never a million miles behind Spanish Mission at uh, Donny, but he's four times the price. Uh, I, think they've, uh, I think they've been up to something with the short trips this year uh, after the Sydney Cup. Uh, Put it back up here, and uh, I think that'll be the one. So that'll be my main bet, Selena for Wallet, and then uh, floating artist for Martin Eustace. Right, lads, one word. I'm going to come round to you all Tim, then Darren, then Henry, then Paul. Your Melbourne Cup selection, please. Okay, incentivise. I'm sorry to be boring, lads, after the big price <laughs> winner last year, but I really do think he's the most likely winner of the race. I go. I go to Lugan. Better way, Moncadion. <laughs> yeah, Spanish mission for me. I go Salino with twenty-five. That'll uh, that that'll be my pick in the early hours. That's very good of me, right, lads? We're going to go to, on to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Henry, I believe that you have got to shoot off very soon, so. Without wasting your time for all the research you've done, just fly through with some of your main Breeders' Cup fancies and then we're going to go through it a lot more fully with Tim, Darren and Paul. So, Henry, the floor is yours. Yeah, just a few. Well, um, I'll just quickly run through them. So, uh, in the juvenile turf, I do think modern games will be tough to beat. 
got plenty of runs under his belt, which I think will do him good in a race of this nature, especially uh, with the travel as well, things like that. Um, he stepped up well. He won an nursery, two starts, got two starts back, and then last time out he won a Group Three level at Newmarket, and I think um, that might be the the making of him. I think he'll continue to improve. You can't really go wrong with a Charlie Appleby two year old this season, and I think three to one's fair enough. In the same race, I think Annapolis could run a big race as well. Uh, unbeaten in two starts, holds portfolio company. I beat that last time out, which um, they line up again. I think that form will be confirmed. And being out of a war front, you'd expect his two-year-old season to be his best. And of course, Todd Pletcher knows the time of day. So I think he's around 9-10 to 1. He might be one for each way plays. In, term, in in the turf, I think it's obvious in 10 hours, she's going to be very tough to beat. She won this last season. Uh, grounds will be no problem. I'd personally say she was the best horse in the yard. Potentially, she was just a little bit maybe outstayed in the last 100 yards. She was coming up the inside as well. And uh, obviously, the winner and a couple of the others were coming down the outside. So, I think compensation awaits for her. And she's won for your doubles and trebles at 13 to 8. In the classic, I think Nick's go will win. Um, again, won the dirt mile last year impressively. First two starts this season were a little bit underwhelming, but it appeared to need the run, really. Seemed to be a bit flat and there was question marks, but came right back to himself, winning the last three starts. Proving over one mile, one furlong. I know this is one mile too, but the way he's been running through the line over that trip, I don't think this trip will be a problem. Um, he's got the pace to get to the front, which is important on the dirt track. So um, he's a he's another strong one, but saving me nap for the for the last one, and it's it's in the it's in the mile. I think pearls galore will give Paddy Toomey a um, a, a nice win in the mile. Uh, nice tasty price, twelve to one. Basically, won a pair of Group 3 as well, a fairy house in Tipperary over the summer and then stepped up to Group 1 company for the first time in the matron stakes at Leopardstown. Uh, only beaten the neck there. I know it was a bit of a messy race, but um, I, I think an all-known form, that, that's one of the strongest pieces of form in this race. Then went on to Longchamp on Arcdain, finished second behind favourite for this race, Space Blues. Um, obviously, Space Blues is going to be around 5-2, to 11-4 and I just think Pearls Galore may be at the front a little bit too soon there. Took it up two furlongs out and a bit of a sit and duck. And I thought done well to, to hold on for second. I don't think heavy ground's what Pearls Galore wants. And I don't think he'll get that eh, on Breeders' Cup Day. Should get better grounds, which will really suit. And I just think this mile trip will suit a lot more then obviously it was seven furlongs that long jump and I just think the mile will suit Pales Galore more than it'll suit Space Blues and I just think 12 to 1 is one of the, the, the best bets I've seen for a long time given the fact I think it's mainly due to connections it's it's that big Paddy Toomey's confirmed he, he's definitely going for the Breeders' Cup with Pales Galore so um, that'll be my nap um, of the Breeders' Cup 12 to 1 get on Any Fully enjoyable. Go and enjoy yourself playing for the sides. Go and uh, go and go and uh, reenact Daniel Agat against West Ham on his uh, his Anfield debut because uh, I know you've got a hell of a left peg on you. So uh, I know you're going to do that so it's, uh, at goals and Everton, right? So I've got. Don't know about that, Will, but thanks everyone. <laughs> thanks, Tim. Um, I'm sure sure you'll get plenty of winners between you, and I'll I'll speak to you again soon. 
Cheers, Henry. Right, well, preview a few of the Breeders' Cup races then, lads. Tim, we're going to start with you. The Breeders' Cup juvenile over the extended mile. Jack Christopher, 74 favourites, won the Grays 1 Champagne Stakes at Belmont last time out. Do you think this is a, a one of those races where you think, you know, we'll lump on it and, and, and bolster your wall chest ahead of a, a big two days? Oh, well, I do, but not with Jack Christopher. I actually like one here at a bit of a price. I, look, I like Jack Christopher. He's very good. He won his maiden by nine lengths. He's run some big figures, and he's certainly the danger to my selection. Um, he ran a big number, actually, when an easy winner of the Champagne Stakes at Belmont. There's a horse here at a bit of a price. He's one of my better results, you might say, at the Breeders' this year. Rattle and roll from the, the Kenny McPeak yard. He won the Breeders' Futurity by four and a half lengths at Keeneland last time out. He came from well off the pace. I was actually on Sky that night and I tipped him up on, on air. I think he was about eight or nine to one. I'll tell you one thing about this horse is he's a horse that's going forward very quickly. He's won two from four and it could easily be three from four. His first start was over an unsuitable six furlongs. Uh, the next start, he looked all over the winner and ran off the track. And then he came out and won his mate despite plenty of bad luck. Last time out is the first time he's gone around in the race and nothing's happened. Everything's gone smoothly. And he's dotted up by four and a half lengths. Could have been further. The other thing about the juvenile this year, and I know you could say this most years, but there is just so much pace here. Jack Christopher goes forward. Bob Baffert's got runners there that are going to go forward. It's really going to suit rather than roll. Jack Christopher is my danger. I wouldn't put anyone off, but I really do think Rattle and Roll is going to run a hell of a race here. And last time I had a look, you could still get around about nine to one. Paul, I was with you about what an hour and a half ago, and you're very sweet on Jack Christopher, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's so boring, but I, I'm all over the favourite here, Jack Christopher. Uh, probably my nap of the two days, to be honest. And uh, I'll be having a good bet on him, loading up, but obviously responsibly. Uh, the Champagne Stakes he won last time out for me by far and away is the best two-year-old performance of the US season. Shown he was the real deal there, slammed quality opposition. He's down. Uh, the time on the clock weren't spectacular. I watered him, but it was fine. Uh, I know there was a couple of the last quarter miles said the sectionals were slow, but the, the, the race was over and he's basically getting ease down. The work had been done. Uh, granted. The, the only slight two negatives we can come up with, Chad's better, obviously, with his turf horses rather than the dirt, but he, he's had a couple of winners on the dirt, so it, it's not really a massive concern. I think the main one, the only thing I can come up with is the uh, the two bends, which is something he's never faced before. Uh, he's obviously going to... He's going to have done a lot of work on the gallops. He's going to be schooled around the two bends, but until you get in a race, you can't really... Uh, uh, say it, because it's a totally different race, the one bend to the two... I think he had another one. It was exact uh, newspaper records. I think that was the same unbeatable round one bend. But when, when, when she got round to the two, she got found out. But I, I don't think this will be the problem with this guy. He's tile. Uh, I just think he's an absolute jail case. I'll I, I be all over him. Seven, it was five to two before there, about a week ago, seven to four now. So I'm sitting on me five to two and I'll, uh, I'll top up again at seven to four. I think he's, an, uh, he's a jail case, sir. Uh, Paul's normally top off a seven to four unless he fancies something. Darren, is seven to four short enough for you, or would you be lapping that up? No, too short for me, Will. Um, I actually uh, have a slight fancy for the horse that came second to Jack Christopher in his last run, Command Performance. Um, I, I think uh, when Jack Christopher went for home at the Torn, uh, you know, he had a run on the field. Uh, Command Performance made up good ground. 
uh, all the way to the line if you look at it. I think the extra uh, distance here might just help uh, see him home. Uh, looking at value, command performance seven to one. Uh, Jack Christopher, his 13th eight, and probably will leave him go solid more than that. Uh, I'd be quite happy to take him on with command performance, but first race of the meeting, uh, there's no way I'll be lumping on Jack Christopher. Gavin, just um, just touching away from the race, and what's what's your plans normally on the Breezes Cup weekends? Obviously, over Friday, Saturday, what is it for you? Because um, it's just a, it's just a meeting that, that as, as Henry points out before, it's just it's just nice time for us. You can have a few drinks yeah. in the night time and enjoy it. Yeah, I love it. And I, I, I normally, I, I, depending on the times, sometimes I go down to the local pub um, and, and we'd watch them, watch them there, uh, depending on what fin- finishing time and that. But I have to agree with the guys, like, uh, you know, even at home here, when I put it on every year, uh, the missus comes in to watch, the, to watch some of it and that because, the, you know, the pump and everything else uh, is just brilliant. Mm. And, you know, they know how to put on a festival, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I probably, probably... I'm thinking watch it watch it at home and then and enjoy it here. I think I've got too used to the lockdowns now to be sitting in and watching me racing. Fair when it's at this yeah. time on the west coast, though, when it's a little bit later, it, it, it doesn't get me it doesn't get me juices flowing as much though when it's half eleven the classic. There's not enough ale in the tank. I need the uh, I need the half one, two o'clock classic. So uh make me up it's back on the west coast. Yeah. Definitely, Paul. Right, we'll go on to the go on, lads. Sorry. No, I was going to say I'd be, I'd be quite upset now. I'd be quite happy for the classic finishing up half, half 11, 12 o'clock. And uh, yeah, I, I have dummy losses early and get to bed. Good stuff, lads. Well, we'll go on to the Breeders' Cup juvenile tape over the mile trip. Which uh, Henry tipped up modern games seven to two favour for Charlie Appleby. It's dominated by the European runners to Barry Legends for Hugo Palmer nine to two. Three of the past six winners have been from Europe. Darren, I'll come back to you first. Do you think this is one that's going to come back across the Atlantic Sea? Well, it certainly could. He's certainly targeted. It's an ocean. I beg your pardon, my geography teacher be turning his grave. Yeah, it certainly could. Uh, I mean, uh, Charlie Appleby certainly uh, targeted this with modern games after winning the group three at Newmarket. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be putting anyone off uh, backing them, but I, uh, I looked through it and uh, I fancy a local one, actually, especially at the price each way, Slipstream. I think 14 to 1 is a pretty good best price uh, out there. Um, the trainer's in form. Uh, he won the Futurity in Belmont and was impressive. And uh, if you look at it, he looks like there's a lot more in the tank there that, that he won nice and cosy, to be honest with you. And uh, that win guaranteed him a place in the sprint, the horse sprint. But uh, from what I can read, the connections seem to be leaning towards this, which um, I'd be hoping he will do. Um, and I do think this is within the scope. Uh, the Bowie legend, that form took a bit of a hit with Royal Patronage finishing last in uh, Luxembourg Futurity. So I, I'm not quite sure I, I, I could be confident there. But certainly, yeah, slipstream each way, 14 to 1. I think there's a lot more in the tank there and they might just keep it at home this year. Tim, come to you next. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm also going to side with one of the home runners, but I've gone with Tis the Barn from the Kenny McPeak yard. He's, a, he's quite a nice colt. He's won three from four. I think American horses, I think I'm right in saying, I think they've won two of the last three renewals of this, if I remember correctly. 
to be fair, he does still look a little bit raw, but if he puts it all together, I think he could really serve it up to the to the Europeans. Plus, he's got home ground advantage. Um, I like the way he won last time out. He won a race called the Castle and Key Bourbon Stakes at Keeneland. Now, on that occasion, he actually gassed from an outside stall and then sat up on the sat up on the speed, did a bit of work early. And I kind of thought three, three and a half furlongs out, he might be in a bit of trouble. And I love seeing this in a horse, a young horse. It looks like they're in a bit of trouble. And all of a sudden, the rider gives them a dig and they find that gear that you don't really expect. I think there's a fair bit of improvement there. To be fair, he probably, well, he will need to run a career best, but I think it's probably there. And I think at the prices, and he too, I haven't had a look today, but I backed him with a, a double figures about a week ago. So he should be at a pretty good price. And I think he could run a race. But I've got to say, I think modern games from the Europeans will, will be tough to beat as well for Charlie Appleby. 12 to 1 there, still to Tim. So uh, get on now. He's still fancying him on top of him, Paul. Finally, over to you. Um, it's, uh, sorry, the sound broke up a little bit, but uh, coming to me, it's uh, Annapolis or Annapolis, however you pronounce it, for uh, Tom Fletcher for me. Uh, I think Henry touched on him just before he went. Mm. Uh, he just checked there, about 9-1, to one, so uh, a very, very, very fair price. He's typical and exposed juvenile, only had the two runs, so we haven't got to the bottom of him yet. Uh, one has made him, which albeit was a bit of an egg and spoon race, but he's done it well enough by five lengths. And then he threw him into the uh, Pilgrim Stakes, the Grade 2, uh, which last year's winner, uh, which I tipped up. Uh, I don't know if it was mentioned, about 33 to 1. Uh, so it come from the same race as that. And in fact, that Pilgrim uh, race, uh, three of the last five winners have won that race. So it looks to me to be the top trial for it. And he won it well enough. Uh, Will and Attitude battled it with, a, with, with one of Chad Brown's portfolio company, who's no mug himself. Uh, they were miles clear of the rest. It was only a four-runner race, but them two pulled well clear. Uh, Ortiz wasn't very hard on him. He made his move at the top of the straight, uh, gave him two taps of the stick about at the two-pole, and then the rest was hands on here. It was always holding him, and it, if anything, he was pulling away at the line. Um, but, but again, the clock wasn't too clever, but it was a four-runner race. It was a daughter up front, so... I wouldn't pay too much and I think he'll be fine because uh, albeit it was an egg and spoon, but he come off the pace on his uh, on his maiden, so not 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 too worried about uh, getting done for the turn of foot. Uh Darren mentioned it, the, the Europeans do well in it, so you've always got to respect them. Uh, but I would have to slightly disagree. I think the one to uh, for the Europeans a bit first of all it's, it's usually Aiden who sends the uh, main hand for this, so I'm surprised. I think he's got one representative who's so he's neither here or there in the market, so it's usually a more strong hand. But it's uh, it'll be out the Europeans. I, I I would go for the Dubai legend for Hugo Palmer. I think he'll give him the most to think about my selection. He was well backed on debut and won, say, won effortlessly. To be fair, uh, next time out not so good, but I think the key piece of form with that it was uh, he was only two lengths behind the best year old in the country, native trail for uh, Appleby. So two lines behind that put some bang in there for this, but I think this will stay with the home team for uh, Annapolis and Top Fletcher. The thing about the Bowie okay. legend, if I could just jump in, sorry, he's rated yeah, 116. Right. 116 for a race like this is a very high rating. So I take your point if he runs the form, the Bowie legend. That's mm. of course if we can, you know, if we can buy into native trails rating. But yeah, 116, he's by far in the well, when I say by far in the way, I think I think I'll, I'll stand correct in modern games. I am doing this off the top of my head. I haven't got it written down, but I think he's about 111 and he'd be the second highest rated. So if if you're betting in the race purely on ratings, he's the one you'd be with. 
Uh, I think that needs to trail for it. For, 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 it's not even a question. He's top, top two-year-old uh, in, in the UK and Ireland. So uh, I think if you get a near him, you, you, you're coming here bang with a chance. But uh, say nine to one, ten to one for the, uh, the American, I'll stick with that. But uh, definitely been too bad. We like to be the pick of the Europe. Paul, you'd like to think that Charlie Appleby has a good barometer on on Dubai legend, wouldn't you? As you say. Yeah, yeah. See, he's got a sport. Uh, as I say, it's it's he's going to keep the kick kick gloves on. He's of style, not not going to send him over here. Because uh, remember that battleground last year for a, I think Aiden sent it over. That was the next best thing since we so. I don't know if it does ruin him, because I can't think of, again, just going back to last year's winner, Fire at Will, it's absolutely stunk the gaff out since, so I, I don't know if this race is a bit of a... a Outstrip one as well for Appleby, didn't he? A few years ago. Again. Outstrip one a few years ago for Appleby as well. Yeah, but it, it seems to be, be maybe the train for the minute for this, they are, I mm. think, but they're not going to send the best three years they'll with the stallion prospect, they're not going to said they'll, they'll uh, keep it at home so yeah, he'll have a barometer on it but uh, as I say it's uh, I say it's like I said the rating there with the Hugo Palmer's one I think so he's got plenty of other chances as well that will be so I think there's bigger things ahead for the uh, native trail uh, on their uh, home shows definitely well one race where they certainly will be going for and it will be a big Prize to plunder is the Breeders' Cup mile, which we move on to, which was won by Order Australia last year and Experts High in 2018. So the Europeans know how to win this. And Space Blues is the bar to two favourites. Paul, I'm going to stick with you because Space Blues obviously won the seventh long race on Arc Day at Longchamp. Mother Earth, seven to one, the 1,000 guineas winner. Space Blues for me, it just seems like a... a a seven fair long specialist, so five to two for me. I just can't have it whatsoever. Yeah, I, I can't stand this. Also, I've tried to get a beat every time this season. I got absolutely smoked. And then I think the one time I did beat him was at Goodwoods uh, when he ran a stinker. I think Kim Rosborough raced better beat it. He's looked imperious, uh, particularly in his last two starts. But say the far day, I'm not too sold on that form. Um, I, I, it's just the travel for me. I know he's won in France, but I'm not going to count that because it, it's literally over the water to, what, what 40, however long it takes. And then it takes you longer Cardi, to get over which, to New Brighton and from 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 uh, Liverpool to New Brighton, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> that's what so, so France, I, I'm, going to call, I'm going to call that a whole race. Uh, Given props, he won in Saudi, but what did he beat there? Uh, the the main question mark for me is Maidan. He's he's went over there twice and stunk the gaff out. So uh, I I think travelling could be the issue to get him beat. Uh, to, again, don't get me wrong. It might just be bitter because say, he's he's done me so much this season. Uh, but as I say, he started in February. He's not so he's had a bit of a long season. He's not as an absolute premium trip of seven. I know there's not much seven fair long to a mile, but I think there's enough question marks to take him on. Uh, you've got no force and he's beat smooth like straight by short distances twice. Um, but I, I don't like the Peter Miller horses unless they're in a sprint. Uh, blowout, if, he, if that comes here, that'll be interesting. But I think she's going to go to Philly and Mare's turf. So the one I've plucked on is uh, is in love. Uh, Brazilian bred, it won on debut in Keeneland. Uh, again, it was an often race that it come to, but they so won it nicely enough. It took some time for the penny to drop because it lost its last uh, I think it lost its next two. 
Uh, but then since then, uh, the two Labour deputies are up to a hat-trick now. Uh, one of Gray's one last time out to Keenlands. Uh, one of the midfields made, made the move out of the two poles, and then from there it was never in doubt. Uh, there's quite a few of these with double entries as well. So, I, again, I think the race is going to cut off. Uh, she, about 12 to 1 shot now, so I can see it going off 6 7 of the day. So, I'll be on now at me 12, because I know it's 100% going to come here. Uh, it's not going to be 12s. The, the only slight nick, it, it hasn't run on the West Coast yet, so it's got to answer that question. Uh, but so have a few of the others. Pergetar running style, coming off the pace, coming making all, coming from midfield. So the staff wouldn't give me too much concerns. Uh, so the, the rest of the home challenge, not so sold on. The Europeans, obviously Space Blues could come in again, travel uh, and then put it to bed at the uh, one pole like it usually does. But at the place of 12, when I think it'll go off the sixes, I'll go for in love. Tim, I've never laid a horse in my life, but if it was going, it would be space blues here because I just can't see him getting a mile trip. Yeah, look, I, I don't know about that. I think you've got to remember it's a little bit like when the, the European horses go down to Australia. The different types of tracks, it's very flat. It's only about seven, seven and a bit furlongs in circumference, the turf track. I, I don't have an issue with him running the mile over there. I think he will. Um, my issue is going to be where he ends up in the run. Um, I know he was impressive on the foray day. I mean, the foray, to be honest with you, it's a funny race because we've had a lot of good winners of it, but it normally doesn't have a lot of depth quite often. It's, it's a soft hit. But the way he picked up that day on, on quite testing ground was hugely impressive. But the difference being he's going to get to Delmar and he's probably going to have to start picking up around that bend on the far side. And I just think the race might not might not quite set up for him the you know in an ideal fashion now at the prices I'd prefer to take him on I certainly wouldn't when I say that I wouldn't be on the exchanges lane I just I kind of think that given the way the race is probably going to set up I'd, I'd prefer to leave him alone there's there's a local here local horse here called Mo Forza now he's won eight from 14 he's a good horse he won a grade one last season he goes really well at Del Mar. He's won his last three there. And if you look at his overall profile, when he's been beaten, it's usually when they've taken him to the East Coast. He's a completely different horse at the West Coast. He's got some big figures there into the hundreds. I'm talking about speed ratings, not the time form or the official rating. So when you get into the hundreds, you're talking about a fairly serious horse. His style, excuse me, his run style will be the layup in behind the speed somewhere. So provided he gets a draw, I can just see him getting a really nice run Loves the mile, loves Delmar. I mean, he might not quite have the credentials of one or two of the Europeans, but I really do think he's going to run you a hell of a race and he should be at a bit of a price. But the trainer, not obvious. He's a sprinter, and he's Peter Miller with most of his. Yeah, but if you look at, if you look at Mo Forza and you go through his form, I mean, I'm just having a look at wins here. He's won his last four, they've been over the mile. I mean, you know, uh, it, it wouldn't face me at all. It would not face me no. at all. I just think this horse goes well at Delmar. I think he goes well over the mile. I think the race will set up a lot nicer for him. This is We haven't had the barrier draw, but let's work on the theory that all things are fair on the day. I think it will set up a lot nicer for him than it will for a few of the Europeans. I wouldn't want to be getting too far back on this track in a quality race like that. You haven't. Uh, you, you basically, what you've got to do, I, I know it's dependent on how they run the race, Unless they go ridiculous on the front at Delmar, what you've got to do, you've got to start making your run around that back turn. 
Do you know what I mean? Like because you're yeah, you're yeah. right in lesser races, but in good races, if, if the yeah, even if they've gone to the reasonable yeah, tempo, off, yeah. yeah, you've got horses on the front end and they're going to keep going. So you've got to take off, yeah. and that's what worries me with Space Blues. It's not his form. I've got no concerns. I, I, I agree with you guys. I don't think he's a natural miler over here. But in America, I think it's very different. So uh, yeah. on a track like that, but I, I just worry how it was set up for him. My force to me would be the safe bet because you know, no matter what happens, provided he gets a draw, he's going to come out and run some sort of race. And I don't know, with you, I mean, over there, seven to one thousand guineas when he can't be having air, can you? All for all your uh, for being pro Ireland, you surely can't be backing it here. Well, did you look at my notes? <laughs> I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't, but come on, they're running in the, in the QE2. It just, it, it just left a, a lot to be wanting, didn't it? It did, it did, but um, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, this is one of the races that I look forward to so much, and uh, I was a bit, uh, I wasn't too overawed by the, the field, to be honest with you. It's a shame that we didn't get um, a few over, a few more over from, from Europe and that, Um I came down on split between two and Mother Earth is one of them because um, I do think she, you know, when she has run to form, her form is pretty good. Um, I know she was well beaten by Vaid, but like she was running to the line. Um, you know, she that was her first time to be outside the first three in eight runs. So for all her not winning, you know, she is, uh, she is getting the place. I was hoping for a better price. And uh, I see there she's eight to one. I would have liked it a little bit better each way on her. Uh, like I say, she she does you know she runs to the line. She does get into into in place money. Um, but do, you know herself on both fours. Uh, I won't repeat some of what uh, Tim said. Um, I just think uh, he just looks uh, at home there, and uh, he could easily be be the local one this year that uh, will do it. Just with the lack of maybe the quality that I was hoping we might have seen. Um, Space Blues. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit like Paul. I, there's something about the horse. I don't know what it is. He, he he could probably come out and win everything, and I still be wondering is you know, uh, you know how good is he? Um, you know, it was heavy ground in France, so I'm thinking like you know uh, he would probably get the he probably get the American Mile, but will will he will he like the ground? Because like Dermot Weld was even talking about it being a very firm surface compared to air firm. So uh, the only thing about Mo Farza was like some of his wins have been in small fields. So be interested to see if, uh, how many go. But I, I'm going to go Mother Earth each way in the hope that she might drift. What a fool I've made myself look like there, Dan. I thought you were going to go well against it. Right, we'll go on to the Breeders' Cup turf over Malahar. Six of the last eight winners have come from Europe. And last year's winner was Tanawa, who ran an absolutely... Superb race in the arc, so unlucky. Probably as Henry touched upon it, the ground got the best of it. Alan, do you think that you will bounce back and and it regain calm? Yeah, I'd be quite confident uh, with Tanarwa here. Um, you know, for me, her form is a banker. Um, you know, as said previously, you know, Dermot Well did say it was concerned with the ground, but I think that's maybe the only thing that beats her really. Uh, if she handles it, she wins. Um, Colin Keane back on board after after previous win. Um, 11 to 8 could look huge by the end of the night. Um, I'm not a big 
uh, favorite backer, but certainly uh, I would uh, I would think she's uh, as close to a banker as we can get. And I know he said this is possibly our last run, maybe our second last run as she goes to Hong Kong, which hopefully she will. But uh, yeah, certainly I would look at her as a banker, uh, definitely. In each way shot, which I'm always looking for, maybe Channel Maker, she was toured behind uh, Tanara and Magical in this race last year. Uh, if our form holds up, you know, uh, he can get into the fourth three again at, at 25 to 1 at the moment. Uh, but at age seven, probably not improving uh, at this t- at this stage. Um, but it's uh, interesting that William Mott is twenty five percent in the last fourteen days as well, so he's on form. But yeah, yeah, penalty kick for Tanara. Tim, come on, you've got to give us something juicier than that. <laughs> well, the first thing I'm going to say to Darren is Tanara goes to the Ark, right? And we blame the ground, despite the fact she won a Group One at the Ark the year before on ground that was just as testy. Now we've got, and, and please don't get me wrong, anyone ever listen to me talk, I am as big a fan of, of Dermot Weld as anyone in Ireland, anyone in the world. But now we're saying the ground might be too quick. Well, she won the what bloody breeders at Keeneland on firm ground. I mean, come on, guys. You can't have it always. Either she goes on the ground or she doesn't. She obviously goes on rain affected. She obviously goes on good ground. But... Um, Having said all of that, I agree with Dan 100%. I, I, I can't see how you can take on. I think she actually won this race last year. The most impressive thing for me was I thought she won the race despite the race not setting up nicely for her. Uh, she came from the back of the field and really the race wasn't run that quickly. Um, as I said, she ran a, she went a lot of firm ground. All that firm ground talk is a load of rubbish, honestly. Um, I, I agree Absolutely with Darren. I think she's the horse to beat. If you want one of the locals, domestic spending is pretty good. He's won six from eight. He's a three-time grade one winner. He did run a very big figure when winning the Manhattan at Belmont two runs ago. He actually had uh, Gulfo six lengths in behind. He lines up here or should be lining up here as well. Uh, last seen with an unlucky second, a great one at Arlington in August. Got the right trainer. He's with Chad Brown. This, to me, is a race that basically you, you hand over to the Europeans before it's even run. So I'm not going to tip domestic spending up as the winner, but if you want a little bit of value maybe for the forecast, Tanawa on top, I, I just think she wins this, and I think domestic spending could run you a cheeky race and hopefully grab second. Paul, what do you reckon? Is this a, a cake over for Tanawa? No, I've got to, I have to disagree. I love Tanawa. Again, back to last year, won a few quid, and 100% she's the best horse in the race and the most likely winner. Uh, but just at the compressed odds, and also I think my main gripe with her, she was trained to the minute for the arc. So there was all the eggs in one basket for the arc. So that gives me a bit of a pause to pause. Uh, this is her last race as well. So maybe this is a bit of an afterthought. Uh, and as I say, all the eggs were in the arc basket. Uh, she's really good. So she might be able to beat them anyway. You know, at 80, 90%, blah, blah. But there's enough doubt for me to take it on. Uh, I do think it'll go to Europe and the UK, but uh, I'll go for Yabia for Godolphin, the boys in blue, and Mr. Appleby. Uh, he's about try for a three year old in Italy, and he's had a bit of a long season, but he's come into his own since he was gelded back in May. Uh, the only blot on his copybook this season was in the Gordon States of Goodwood, uh, but he ran 2 3 and blew his chance away. They said he had no chance. Um, since then he's put a sequence together accumulating his best win was in the jockey club derby at Belmont he absolutely blew the start there again I don't know what the end runner was but it's say 60-70 to 1 just after two furlongs he absolutely blew it Uh, then of course 
he started start getting back into it, but you think he's used up all his energy to get back into it, but he absolutely sluices past them and then still carried on running away from them at the end. So uh, I don't know where he found that. Was, that was hands down his best performance by an absolute country mile. He'll obviously need to settle as he can race keen, and that'll absolutely set it up on an air tee for Tanawa to close him down. Uh, but if he can settle, um, I say it's. I think he's well in the chance about thirteen to two, seven to one, absolute fair price. I'd rather a little smaller stake on that rather than lumping on Tanawa. If he settles, I think he's a knock and bet. Uh, I could be all and bang on for this, and it could be another uh, grade one for the uh, or conquering the dolphin and Appleby. And the final race we're going to preview, lads, is the showpiece event. It is the Breeders' Cup Classic. And it looks like Tim Brad Cox might have the winner in Nick's goal or essential quality. Nick's goal, 9-4, to four, essential quality, 11-4. to four. Do you think it goes to Cox or would you be looking for elsewhere to oppose those two main protagonists? Look, I've got to be honest, from a betting perspective, I think this is a really tough race this year. I'm a big fan of Nick's guy. I think I flagged him up on this show last year. I actually backed him at 15-2 to two when he won the mile race on the anti-post, obviously, and then not long afterwards, the favourite came out and everything fell in fell into place. He went off 7-4. to four. He was actually my nap of the meeting. So I do like the horse, but I think that he's vulnerable at 10 furlongs. I know he's won at 9 furlongs, but that extra furlong, especially in the race, like the Breeders' Cup Classic, it's 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 a, it's a long furlong. Um, in a way, if my selection doesn't win, I'd love to see him win it because he he has been wonderful to me. He really has. I think essential quality would probably be the player. I wouldn't put you off horses like Medina Spirit or Hot Rod Charlie either, but essential quality. You've got to remember he's won eight from nine. His only defeat was in the Derby behind Medina Spirit, and he got smashed up early. Got put out of position, so there was there was genuine excuses. He subsequently gone on to continue when he's won the Travis, he's won the Belmont Stakes as well. He's a three-year-old, but three-year-olds have a good record in this race since the turn of the century. I think there's been seven winners. Authentic won it last year as a three-year-old. The, the three-year-olds actually get, and we've got a few here, so it's probably not as important this year as it has been in previous years, but Nick's go's got to give four pounds to three-year-old, and people go, ah, oh, four pounds, it's only four pounds. Well, in a 10-furlong race, it's got the pressure to that the um, Breeders' Cup Classic has got in November. I, I think that's a very generous allowance. He's a natural stalker, and provided he draws handy, he should be in a nice soft commute. The knock would be he's run some big figures, but he hasn't won those sort of figures you'd probably expect from a Breeders' Cup Classic winner. But I kind of get the feeling, if you're watching me, he's the sort of horse that's there. He probably only just does enough. You know, I've had a few horses. Like I remember there was a very good miler over here a few years back called Solo. He was exactly the same, you know, and I... I kind of think that he's got it within within him, and I think it'll come out um, hopefully in the classic. But I think he's the one to be with. But for mine, it, it looks really open this year. Darren, come over to you next on the showpiece affair of the meeting. Who would you like in this race? Yeah, um, I, I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have any any uh, major fancy in it. Um, I, the essential quality. Uh, Nick's go. I think it's. I think it's between the two of them. Um, and I, 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 I would probably just go with essential quality coming into the race uh, with 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 great. Uh, you know, if you go back to the Kentucky Derby, he was wide all the way around, and just on the bend, Red Hot Charlie slightly veered off his racing line and pushed him just a little bit wider. He ran really well, and uh, with a smoother trip, I think he may well have won. Um, 
I don't know whether going through this, I, w- I was put off by the whole uh, Medina spirit being in it. And uh, I was reading up around the conditions that Bob Baffert has in his stables and that for the Breeders' Cup uh, with, with extra security and investigators and Breeders' Cup executives watching the barn and cameras and all that. I think that just kind of put me put me off the race, to be honest with you. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll sit this one out. I I think it'd be between the, the two favourites at the top of the market. Can, can I just jump in there, Will, if it's all right? Because Darren yeah, mentions yeah. about Bob Baffert. Isn't it really interesting? Because it's a state to state system over there at the moment. Bob's got a two year suspension at Churchill Downs. Now, if you're an owner and you've got a two year old with Bob Baffert at the moment, it's just come out and run some big figure and looks like a derby hope next year. Bob Baffert can't send it to a derby unless he wins some sort of appeal. What do you do? Do you take the horse off him? Do you, do you stay loyal? I mean, it's it's just a really weird scenario. You take the horse to him, you take the horse. Yeah, well, I, I would too. It's the derby. I mean, you have to. And as we know, you win the derby, you, you know, the, the horse is worth $20 million at least overnight, if not more. And Paul, I know you've got a, a real fancy in this race, so the floor's yours to get the punters if they're down on the floor and they're, uh, they feel like Tyson Fury being hit by a De- Deontay Wilder right hand, you've got to pick them up off the canvas, so the floor's yours. Uh, you can win it back here on the central quality if you're down. Uh, I'm glad that life is good isn't going. Uh, for the, uh, again, it was with Bob Bassett, but it's moved. Uh, I think that would have given a, a, a good chance. A, I think that's a superstar, but they grew up after the mile where it's an 11 to 10 shot. So you can see why he's done it. They've got a penalty kick to, to win a, a great one in the Breeders' Cup, or you can take on the two Brad Cox horses. So I can understand why they moved it, but it would have been some spectacle. Uh, so that leaves it open for, uh, as I say, for the central quality. Uh, you've got Hot Rod Charlie and Medina Spirit, so you can't say it's a match bet. Uh, again, I won't talk about the uh, the latter name Medina Spirit. Enough's been said about the uh, trade, the handler there. Uh, but it's an absolute match bet between the two Cox pairs, and you can make strong case for either. Uh, but I'll take the bigger price on essential quality. Uh, model consistency, even as only defeat, as Tim mentioned there, he got bumped off the stores and then got carried off his line right down the street. Uh, didn't have the kick to close, but let's say I think it was not not, not so much falling out the stores, but it was getting carried out, which uh, which, which finished him. Uh, but other than that, he's been flawless. There's definitely classy and flashier horses down him in the race uh, and in training, but he's just grit and heart, and he wants to win. He's won the Travers, won the Belmont. Uh, Nick's goes not more easy on the ice, more impressive. He took the ground that big gallop and stride. Uh, and obviously you don't want to let him get too much of a lead, but uh, I think essential quality will be about three or four lengths behind him. Uh, about two or three back, and he'll get him down the street. Uh, I, I didn't know that Nick's go. He's, uh, I didn't know he's that well uh, ran uh, until I was looking today. He ran 21 times as a five-year-old, so uh, I don't know if there's enough miles on the clock there with him. Um the, the thing with essential quality is never run a bad race, whereas Nick's go can throw the odd stinker in. Uh, so I think there's more to more to prove for next go. So I'll, I'll take the tried and test the essential quality at the bigger price, and I think he'll go back to back in the breeders. Superb stuff, lads. Right, we will go on to your naps and next best for either the Melbourne Cup, something on the Melbourne Cup cards, or the Breeders' Cup cards. So Tim, I want your 
nap and your next best bet on the international racing scene in the next few uh, few days. Okay, incentivise uh, Winston Melbourne Cup. He'll be the nap. Uh, uh, installs a bit of pride in the Australian middle division uh, horses and hopefully Peter Moody brings him over next over here next year and he kicks a bit of butt. Uh, my next best at a big price is Rattle and Roll in the Juvenile. I think he might run over the top of Jack Christopher in a race that's likely to be run very quickly, which will suit him. Alan, next to you. Um, I'll go uh, Sir Lucan to uh, win uh, each way the Melbourne Cup. Um, yeah, and I will go slipstream each way in the juvenile tour. Next best. And Paul, finally, see you. Yeah, just before it, can I just ask Tim on the, this stuff? Uh, is she the next superstar, or would you be taking her on? I, I wouldn't be taking her on, put it that way. I don't know if I'd lump one. It's probably a race. I'm quite happy to sit back and watch it. It's a race, actually, for a Phillies race. It's a race that continually throws up... Um, Good contest, but I think she'll probably win it. She looks a superstar. She's hugely consistent. She's got big numbers there. Um, I think she wins it. She'd certainly be my selection, and as boring as that is. Cool. Um, my nappy, I'll be at Annapolis. And uh, my MB, I'll go uh, your beer in the air. Uh, name is good. The place is gone up on me, but your beer in the perfect, beg your pardon. Brilliant stuff, lads. Well, Tim, thanks very much again for joining us on our Melbourne Cup and Breeders' Cup special. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I hope you are all well. And thanks very much for joining us, Darren and Paul. A pleasure, as always. You've been listening to the On The Nars pods. Check out OTN Sports. And, and Tim, just before I go, uh, charity bet. You've got a £10 free bet. So the floor is yours. Get it on and give us your charity. Okay, well, I'm not going to say let's put 10 quid on incentivised. I think that's absolutely um, wrong. So how about how about we have 10 quid on rattle and roll in the in the Breeders' Cup juvenile with a bit of a price? That sounds good for me. I'll have a tenner on myself. You've been listening to the On The Nod podcast brought to you by otnsports.co.uk. Check out otnsports.co.uk for all your best football, racing and golf tips. I've been your host, Will Rooney, Joined by Sky Sports Racing's Tim Carroll, Darren Buller and Paul Martin. Join us again next time. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye.